all the way up and you know what it is. It's another Wednesday with your boys on The Faction. That's right. And I'm not by myself. I have a valedictorian, the father of Jackson and Jordan, and a new Southern Honor Wrestling commentator, GB. <laughs> What's up, brother, man? That, that, that never gets old to me, man. That never Listen, gets old. Listen, if you guys... If you guys ever need a broke finks, uh, just let me know. <laughs> I, I, I think I do and new pretty good. I but I, I probably only do uh, uh, title bouts though. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Well, look. That's what. The, remember, they would bring in uh, WCW would bring in uh, Michael. Uh, Michael oh, yes. Yes. He was like man, the announcer of up. announcers. They'd only bring him man, in for the main dude. event. I'll never forget the first time I saw Buffer. Do it. I just knew it was big. You know, uh, the, the WCW did a great job of making certain moments feel like big fights. Yeah, they did. They made them feel uh, like very big fights, and they knew where to go to do it. You know. Yeah, 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 yeah. By so, far. Uh, How are you, man? I'm doing great. We're off the heels of an amazing SHW 17, which now everyone can watch on uh, independentwrestling.tv in its entirety. It was an incredible show. Oh, my gosh. So I'm really buzzing off of that, man. And just, man, 2020 holds limitless potential, and I am all the way here for it. Well, it can be limitless when you're the best-dressed commentator in wrestling. Oh, I well, mean, thank you, man. I mean, you're the best-dressed. Wow. I mean. That's a, that's a crazy <laughs> accolade to have already. Um, shout out to you. Thank shout you. out to Brandon. Shout out to Gary and the guys. Yes. Shout out to Gary Lamb and Dylan and just everybody there at SHW who worked so hard to continue to give people uh, such huge quality wrestling. And I mean, I'm telling you, uh, with this TV deal now, uh, it's it's really an incredible thing. So, again, if you guys have not checked it out, go to independentwrestling.tv. Uh, you can use the code SHW, and you'll get five days free. You get access to SHW and all of the other independent wrestling that's there as well. So, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a pretty, pretty neat time. How are you doing, man? Man, I am doing well. 2020 is taking off. So fast that I feel like I don't have a seatbelt on, so I'm putting my seatbelt on. Yeah. Uh, this is uh, one of the first weeks that I've not traveled in quite some time. How about that? So I'm using this to, uh, can you keep up? I'm catching my breath. Yes. And all those things. Uh, Quinetta's birthday was this past weekend. Yes. And she looked stunning. I mean. I love it. I, you know, I, I got a, a, a what they would call an MUA to the ladies out there. Nice. Uh, a professional makeup artist came to the house and hooked her up. And I was flying. What was I flying back from, GB? Where was uh, I? Huntsville. Oh, I was in, I was in, last week I was in Mid-South. Then I was in Huntsville where mm -hmm. AEW uh, recently was. I was in Huntsville. Yeah. Flying back from there. She sent me her outfit on the plane. I was ready to be home immediately. <laughs> immediately. Yes. So, so, uh, valid, heads up, wrestling fans, because we normally miss this stuff because we're so buried in the uh, squared circle. Valentine's Day is Friday. It's this Friday, yes. Find yourself watching the network and not giving your boobay something. <laughs> Make sure you get your boobay a gift. Yeah, do, do yeah. something however you guys, if, if you are one who celebrates Valentine's Day, uh, do something to celebrate it. it it's a good thing. A good thing. Yeah, and, and I don't think that she's gonna find it sexy 
if she's not a wrestling fan and you uh you get her like a WWE network membership. Yeah. Now she she may like the old Rick Rude Velveteen Dream if you get trunks with her face on it though. Now, now, and and you know you could go somewhere with that. Amen. You absolutely could go somewhere with that. Yeah, yeah. Th- th- and that'll be faction after dark. Yes, the faction after dark. Well, listen, <laughs> if you missed last week's show, you missed a good one. Uh, we recapped quite a few things actually uh, in last week's show and had a lot to talk about, including uh, uh, people are still talking about this unbelievable assertion that uh, Clack made about The Rock last week. Which um, are they really? Oh man, that was a big moment, well, and it's well and- it. It didn't help with uh, last Saturday's launch. Well, it, you know, we'll, we'll get into that. There's a lot to be said about uh, The Rock as he's in the news this week and more. So uh, go back and check out. It's Strangely enough, it's episode like 198 of our radio show, which means we're barreling down uh, episode 200. But go ahead, check it out uh, wherever it is that you get your podcast. Hopefully you're subscribed to The Faction. Courtney, tell them what's up for today's show. Welcome to episode 199 of The Faction right here on Bonafide Radio. We're going to kick things off with the XFL's relaunch. John Cena returns. Goldberg told someone you're next. Southern Honor Wrestling recap. And we'll have to talk Simone Johnson. AEW Dynamite. What's happening with Raw? Is there a little beef? Is it even competition? But before we do, it's Hey Bro, Matt Riddle's theme song by CFO. You're listening to The Faction on Bonafide Radio. That's radio the way it's supposed to be. This is the Stroke Daddy, Ricky Starks, and you know I only do it one way, and that's big. You're not listening to The Faction. Bro.
to the faction this is courtney that was hey bro matt riddle's theme song by cfo gb give us the news boy there's a lot of news to get to we have to start with the relaunch of the xfl the xfl relaunched this weekend following super bowl 54 a lot of people had questions and concerns as to how this would go down would this look like the 2001 version of the xfl which we've talked about before which only lasted barely one season um would this meet the same kind of success or or challenges that other attempted football leagues have tried to do outside of the nfl Well, week one saw games, of course, on Fox and ABC, saw some fairly decent ratings as much as many as four million people checked out one of these games and um, the in-person attendance averaged around 17 to 18,000 people in attendance, which isn't half bad to say the least. Um, So what do you think, man, uh, of the XFL and their first weekend out? I thought it was a success. First weekend back, uh, you know, they reimagined it, uh, which, which is rightfully so. Everything's being rebooted in 2020. They're a reboot of TV shows. It makes sense for Vince to try it again. Just merely a week after the NFL ends, uh, you know, we can honestly look at this and say this is brilliant timing. Mm-hmm. He didn't waste any time. When you look at the athletes, they were playing at the caliber of a guy who couldn't make an NFL team. Yeah. So the passers were good. And it's just week one. Now, mind you, we're looking at a venture that has great TV deals with ESPN, ABC, and also Fox Sports. So they're available to the person with and without a cable package. Yeah. Also, having ESPN, ABC means they're going to be on SportsCenter. Mm-hmm. Now, with the failed AAFL, and when I say failed, only failed financially because here in San Antonio with the San Antonio Commanders, our team was actually packing out the place. Our arena seats 100,000. We were putting about 15 to 20,000 butts in seats. Mm. The average attendance for viewers was 3.12 million viewers per game for this weekend. And when you look at it, what is the thing that people were talking about when it comes to the talking heads on sports networks on Monday and Tuesday? They were talking about, yes, the play of the athletes was great, but they were also talking about the fact that how innovative it was. Yes. 25 seconds countdown clock between plays for the play clock. Mm -hmm. Also, the guy with the red cap on the field is the line judge. His only job is to make the ball is place and place on the hash mark. Then there's also the live replay. 
Replays cannot be called by coaches. Has to be called by the re- review booth in the sky. And here's the caveat. We get to hear the discussion mm-hmm. between the replay guy and the referee. So now there's accountability. These are all things the NFL hasn't done. Vince also said, let's take into the con- in, in, uh, into play concussion factors. Many guys in the NFL receive concussions on the kickoff. Vince said, we're going to line up 10 yards away from each other. Mm-hmm. The guy gets to kick the ball to the returner. You can't move until the returner actually has the ball right. to make sure that uh, – that there's no concussions, but it also made every kickoff kind of exciting because you don't know, is he going to run it back? They have great coaches. Jerry Glanville's coaching. Also, the old coach of the uh, t- University of Texas, mm-hmm. uh, B- Bob uh, Stoops, mm-hmm. is coaching. They have talent, guys. They have guys. Here's what's going to matter. Will the ratings be there by week six? Week six is the killer of all things. Mm-hmm. If it makes it beyond week six, with great ratings, they're doing great in the 18 to 49 demographic now. If they can make it past week six, we have ourselves something special. Well, I think, you know, there are a couple of things that are obviously different. Uh, one of the biggest differences here is Vince is not leaning on the strength of the WWE as he did in, with the initial uh, piece of the XFL. He did not call on extra superstars or whatever. He used former NFL players or folks who just left the NFL. And what What's important to me is this. He depended on Jim Ross to be Jim Ross and uh, Jesse the Body Ventura for a while to be your announcers for the XFL. Again, those were wrestling guys. He got pure football guys to be the announcers. You heard some of the same voices on the XFL as you heard on the NFL, and you heard references to the NFL as well. He went about this different. And the one piece you didn't talk about that I thought was super exciting was the point after attempt. No longer is there a oh, kick yeah. after. You can go after one point, two points, or three points, which requires great strategy. I think they have enough innovations that are different than the NFL for people to watch this and go, they don't think about Vince McMahon. They think football. And I think that's one of the biggest yeah. differences. With the XFL, there were still all of these signs that Vince McMahon's hand was in it. You would not know Vince McMahon was involved unless somebody told you with this XFL. They did their research. They're doing great stuff. They're in the right venues. Um, you know, they're not getting in um, outside of the MetLife venue, which is just monstrous for that. But, I mean, bottom line, they're doing a great job. The fans seem to be excited that we're there in the buildings. Yeah. Um, it's it- Got the they, they, of they did a special. great job in the hire of Oliver Luck, too. Mm-hmm. Oliver Luck used to run NFL Europe. He's also the father of Andrew Luck. He's the president and uh, CEO. He's doing a great job as yeah. the as the leading this thing forward. Yeah, I, I think they've done all the right things to make this a viable option. Again, it's not too long. It's a 10-week season, um, you know, and they're not trying to overdo it. They're giving us football. And that's the thing. The people who are watching the XFL are watching for football, just like the people who are watching pro wrestling are watching for wrestling. So I think it's a great start, and uh, I want to see it succeed personally. You know, Vince has put, oh, Vince has put $500 million into this. So he's very much invested in the success of the XFL. 
and uh, I'm excited for that. Speaking of the success of the XFL, talking about old becoming new again, we got news last night that uh, John Cena, the 16-time world champion, will be making his return to WWE February the 28th, the last SmackDown of uh, February, which many are thinking will lead to potentially his road to WrestleMania. Note, it is after the Super Showdown, which is the day before. Um, what do you think Cena's coming to tell us? Uh, he wants to tell us that he's going to be in F9 and that we need to go see it on May 22nd. So they're sending all of the guys to the rounds where their demographic is. Uh, the, the same way that early on in Rock's acting career, he would come back around wrestling and, uh, you know, get the fans all ready to see him in something other than wrestling. Mm -hmm. John Cena is just going to have to wrestle his way to the top. Now, the thing for me is that no one uh, has been checking for John Cena. No. Ever since he came back with the mom haircut, we just said, uh, we don't want it. Right. So I'm eager to see what he's going to do. Some outlets are saying that he's going to come back and he's going to have a little bout with Elias with him and Goldberg going at it uh, at WrestleMania. Some are saying uh, that he's going to be uh, in the Andre the Giant Battle Royal. Uh, we don't know what's going to happen. I even read Aleister Black today on Bleacher Report. They're reporting that maybe he'll do that. And then uh, our guys over at What Culture are saying that maybe he'll be the one to bring Lars Sullivan back. Oh, so God. we don't know what John Cena's going to do. But I'm not excited about any of those options I just heard. Let no. him come back. Talk in the squared circle. Let them uh, F5 somebody for F9. Uh, F5 for F9 and all that stuff. What is that? It was, it, he, does he do the F5? That's well, his move, right? Well, it's the attitude adjustment. Yeah, it's it's a oh. slightly different than the F5. Slightly different. It used to be called the well, F5. Yeah. Let him do it to somebody. And, uh, you know, for all I care, uh, he can do it. I mean, Anybody, take you, it. I don't want to go crazy today. You, you We're going to be settled today. You know what's interesting, though? Honestly, we haven't been checking for John Cena much since he broke up with Nikki Bella. I think, uh, really, that kind of caused some bad, bad uh, real estate for him. And uh, he's not been viewed very well in the WWE world. Of course, Nikki Bella has gone on to uh, find a new beau. She's pregnant. You know, life is super good for her. Not that life isn't good for John Cena, but, um, you know, it, it, people were very vested in yeah, that but couple. In public breakups, when it's been so public, people will normally side with he or she who cries tears first. Well, but here's the problem. The problem and, is and you Cena, had the problem with Cena, though, is you have all the history on Total Divas and Total Bellas. That's what I mean. Mm -hmm. That's what I mean. His rules and contracts. Yeah. Yeah, that, that did not exactly endear the people to him. So it'll be interesting to see what John Cena does. February the 28th on SmackDown uh, will be the return of John Cena. The first time Cena has been back on SmackDown since SmackDown has been on Fox. You mentioned Goldberg. And so speaking of SmackDown and Goldberg, Goldberg returned to SmackDown last week um, to tell us what his plans would be for Super Showdown. Now, we all remember the last Super Showdown that he was a part of that involved what was supposed to be a once-in-a-lifetime match with The Undertaker. It was far less than impressive. The build-up to it was better than the match itself. He uh, had a follow-up match with Dolph Ziggler at SummerSlam, which uh, kind of turned his fortunes around a bit, and then we didn't hear from him. But now he's coming back to do, of all things, 
face Bray Wyatt for the Universal Championship at uh, Super Showdown. What do you think is going to happen here? Oh, God, Bray will drag his old carcass through the match. I mean, just because you look good doesn't mean you're going to perform well. I feel bad for Bray Wyatt. I really do. Uh, I'm going to bring in Brandon J. Clack, who's in London, which is why he's not here. Mm -hmm. Last time he was in London, he missed Teddy Long being on the show. He did. And if you're new to the faction, yes, we did have Teddy Long, baby. Mm -hmm. So go back and listen to that episode. But speaking of, you know, guys going across the pond and overseas, Bray Wyatt's dragging Goldberg over there. Uh, I feel bad because Bray Wyatt is a good champion. He is. But he's still not been thrown those moments that we know he can have. So I don't know if they're building something for Mania. But, man, no one wants to see Goldberg in the ring again. I mean, either give us Sting and Taker or give us no old-timers. You know, everybody's not going to... What happened was Ricky Steamboat did so well when he came back and looked so good in the doggone ring. Mm -hmm. They're jacking everybody out. Well, I, I also think this is not just the... I don't, and somewhere I, Flair is wondering why they won't let him go. Well, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm sure Flair is wondering that, but I don't blame Flair's Steamboat blowing for this. Up. I, I blame the prince of the power of Saudi Arabia, who seems to only like folks from a certain uh, particular demographic and era. He rem Remember, this is the same guy who wanted the WWE to unearth both Yokozuna and the Ultimate Warrior. So, for the right check... <laughs> Go ahead. They could have had him wrestle a hologram. Now that would be new. Well, they that got, would be new. They've got the technology do to do. Yeah, well, Ke Kenny, 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 Kenny has done all kinds of unique things. Um, but I, I'll say this: I, I, I personally, I am, I'm fearful. There's a part of me that's fearful that they will uh, sacrifice the fiend. Uh, to Goldberg just like they did a few years ago when they sacrificed Kevin Owens and his universal title reign to Bill Goldberg. The difference here though is this. Back then that was a Goldberg who was off he, he had just beaten uh, Brock Lesnar in 86 seconds. He then turned around and eliminated Brock Lesnar from uh, the Royal Rumble the month before. He was on a hot streak. Goldberg is not on a hot streak and here's what we all know. We know Goldberg is not trying to show up every week from uh, February 27th through WrestleMania to defend the Universal Championship. So for me, I hope that The Fiend puts Bill Goldberg out to pasture. Remember, it was over in Saudi Arabia that The Fiend won the Universal Championship. I hope that he just continues to bury build Goldberg uh, because I don't see a re no again like John Cena nobody was asking for Bill Goldberg and I don't care what you say people are like well Goldberg will put butts in seats uh, not necessarily in this climate and to me he still has not a, a victory over Dolph Ziggler does not absolve him from the absolute can't say the word I want to say. Uh, from, from from the absolute oh, almost got that FCC fun <laughs> from the horrible moment that was his moment with the Undertaker. Uh, the, we, we we matter of fact we've forgotten about the Dolph Ziggler match. We well, still remember. I, I'll the tell you this. I'll tell you this. The moment with the Undertaker unearthed all type of unforgiveness with me with Bret Hart. Oh yeah, that's right. Because oh. he's he's why Bret Hart isn't wrestling now. Just to the future, mm -hmm. and he kicked him into the future. He did. He did. 
So I don't know. I just hope that uh, Bray Wyatt, who has been just absolutely amazing for almost a calendar year, does not become a casualty of war. But we'll check that out in about two weeks time. Before we take a break, um, one other big piece of news that I think is worth talking about is this. Um, yeah, this is a good place to mention this. We uh, WWE has announced the fact that we could be looking at our very first fourth generation superstar as Simone Johnson, daughter of The Rock, uh, granddaughter of Rocky Johnson, great granddaughter of Peter Maivia, has reported to the WWE Performance Center. She is 18 years old um, and we're waiting to see what will happen with her. She was waiting until the 18th birthday to even make this announcement. My question is, uh, a lot of people are wondering a lot of things about Simone Johnson. Do you think Simone Johnson um, is going to be able to be the fourth, the first fourth generation superstar in WWE? Is there an upside to her? Does she have heavy shoes to fill? What do you think? Easily, she's going to be the first. Vince is salivating at this. Mm-hmm. He sees dollar signs all over this. And Simone, if they are patient with her like they were with Charlotte, this is going to be, as a matter of fact, you ask Charlotte to mentor her. You say, Charlotte, teach her what it's like to carry huge shoes walking into this performance center. Now, not only is she the granddaughter of Rocky Johnson, the great-granddaughter of Peter Maivia, the daughter of The Rock, but fam. She's the daughter of Danny Garcia. Mm-hmm. Danny is the mother of this young lady who still works with The Rock in mm-hmm. some type of capacity mm-hmm. and still holds rank inside of Rock's company. Tell me if they didn't make that work post-divorce, right. you know they're going to make this work post-divorce because this is their legacy. And you know Rock's mom, who championed for uh, for, for, for Tamina, mm-hmm. who championed for Nia Jax, get well Nia, mm-hmm. to come back. You better believe she's looking at this namesake who just strolled into Orlando at, Orlando at the uh, Performance Center. She's going to do great. Becky Lynch told her on Twitter, girl, pave your own way and do what you got to do. I believe she's going to be wonderful. And here's what matters. Mm-hmm. WWE assistant head coach Sarah Amato, yes. who's really trained all the girls, yes. has already spoken out. She's got the blessing before she walks through the doors. Wow. Well, you know, my, my whole thing, it's so interesting because, I, I, you know, people have been asking me nonstop, what do you think about this? What do you think about this? And I haven't really formulated much of an opinion yet just because I want to see what she can do athletically. So here's a case which is interesting. Here's a case. Like, again, I don't know much about Simone other than her being the daughter of The Rock. But here's what we know. The Rock's star is so bright that we all know no one is going to be another Rock. So to me, unlike perhaps Charlotte and Natalia, I don't think she has the pressure of, hey, you're The Rock's daughter. What are you going to do? Because we all no, know, I don't think she has to know. Yeah, but we all know there's never going to be another Rock. So, that, that, like, no. Rock is I, once in a I, lifetime. I, I, I think the pressure she has is Rocky Johnson passing. Well, That's yeah. the only pressure she has. Well I, well, I think the other pressure to it is the entire family dynasty and lineage. Yeah. You know. See, the, what she's carrying is you're a Johnson who looks Samoan. Yes. That's her right there. Yes. Samoan heritage, mm-hmm. Johnson name. Mm-hmm. Nobody's thinking about the rock. Right. You're a Johnson, Samoan. Right. That's the pressure. 
Now, I think if yeah. if there is something that works for her favor is that she's the first female in that specific lineage. And when I say specific, I don't mean in the whole bloodline. I mean to come down out of the rock and Rocky Johnson specifically. And I think yeah. in that yeah. particular case, there's not another female to compare her to. So whereas, and let's remember this too, you were talking about people being patient with her. Let's remember the same level of grace and patience that was needed for Rocky Maivia. When Rocky Maivia showed up, he was not the rock that we know today. You know, it took Lord, him no. uh, about two years and, and some movement through some other things to finally embrace who he is. So I think, you know, and again, there was no performance center then. So I think, you know, the opportunity that she has to glean again and to come into this women's movement with all of these incredible women, the female superstars right now. I think she is limitless potential. And uh, can you imagine three, four, maybe five years from now, Simone Johnson versus Charlotte Flair, you know, like I think I think it could be something special. So uh, listen, I definitely think think so. And Charlotte's at the point where she's ready to, to pay it forward. So yeah. we'll see. Yeah. So with that said, uh, when we come back, we're going to talk a bit about SHW 17. We'll also get into this working relationship between Ring of Honor and the NWA and New Japan has announced a very big move that we're going to talk about. But right now, let's go to some music from uh, CFO. It's the theme song for Leo Rush. It's called I Came to Collect. You've got it locked to the faction powered by Bonnerfide Radio. Hey, guys, this is Gary Lamb, owner and general manager of Southern Honor Wrestling. And you're listening to the newest and hottest podcast out on wrestling, The Faction. Forever, don't tell me I'm not. Hands in the fist, I came to collect, so hand me the chips. 
This recap of The Remix is sponsored by Domingo Mijo. Born Stanley Martin Lieber in New York City in 1922, Lee entered the comic book world as a teenage assistant in 1939. Stanley Lieber was the Joe Jackson of comic books. Mm, I don't even know how to feel about that. Yeah, I, just, I, I almost think he was greater than a Joe Jackson. I know, ain't nobody greater than Joe Jackson now. Wait a minute. That's when you messed up. Oh, Gee, no, I don't no, know no, no, no. why you did that. Wait, why you did that? What are you I don't know saying? why you did that, GB. Why you did oh, that? Lord. Stan Lee had a whole universe down in, in his head, in his, in his mind. <laughs> James. The remix on Bonafide Radio. We hear Thursdays, 2 p.m. Eastern. Here on Bonafide Radio. Radio the way it's supposed to be. Exclusively on the remix. Don't miss it. Don't miss it at all. We are the faction. Yo, it's not a faction without the facts, son. You heard it. I came to collect Leo Rush's theme song. Welcome back to the faction, GB. Let's kick it. All right. So, Southern Honor Wrestling in the news in a big way. SHW 17 went down this past Friday and, of course, is available now for you to stream on Independent Wrestling. TV seven big matches which included two title matches Ashton Starr uh, taking on Corey Hollis for the SHW championship and the inaugural tag team champions were crowned uh, as not yet rated took on the lynch mob inside of a steel cage so I'm kind of not telling you the results right now in the thoughts and in the hopes that you go to independentwrestling.tv and stream the show for yourself. It was amazing. I've posted kind of the intro or a bit of the intro uh, on my social media channels where we welcomed uh, folks uh, from independentwrestling.tv and everywhere else. The crowd was live. It was an amazing and an incredible night. Uh, I will tell you this. There was a big announcement made. Um, where Gary Lamb announced uh, the first ever SCI, the Southern Cup Invitational, which will happen over a two-day event on May the 1st and the 2nd. It's a 16-match tournament, or excuse me, a 16-man tournament, uh, where the winner after the second night will win the SCI Cup, and that will give them the right to get an SHW title shot at any time of their choosing. It's better than money in the bank. It's something that you're going to earn over two days. And uh, already we know that Joe Black is in it and Tank is in it as well. So uh, it should be pretty significant, the stuff that's happening in Southern Honor Wrestling, certainly over these next couple of months. What are your thoughts? Oh, I did. oh no, no, no. I, I started to ask you what your thoughts were, but I, I wasn't sure if you've had a chance to see it yet. So, you know. Yeah, I'm up on it 16 competitors one winner yeah the, the 
Southern, the Southern Cup invitation, as, as I should call it. I think that the people over at Southern Honor are genius, and I'm not just saying that because uh, you're a commentator there, but I will tell you this. When you go back and watch it, one Gerard Cleophas Bonner, to me, had the call of the night. And all I'll say is I'm waiting for the merch of that call. GB, I want my shirt. I want my wristband. I want everything because, Broham, you did that. Wow. If you've not been to the action building, which I'm going to start calling the action center, Mm -hmm. if you ain't been to the action center to see Southern Honor Wrestling, what are you going to do when the action center runs wild over you? Yeah, it's it's significant. Can I just say those tag belts look amazing? They don't they though? Oh my gosh! They look so good. Let, 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 let me turn it on you, GB. I'm the I'm the interviewer now. Okay. Have you been inside the squared circle yet? I have not. I have not. I just there's just such a healthy respect I have for the ring that I I have not gone in it as of yet. So no, I I haven't. That's, that's, that's where you have Kuth and me and Brandon would have been fired. <laughs> I've been running the first day. <laughs> no, I just... Have you held title belts? I did hold the tag title belts. Got to hold it during the... Um, I, I held it during the pre-show. So if you guys go back and check out the pre-show where we introduced the belts, uh, Brandon and I held the belts, and I actually put the belt over my shoulder. Uh, it was an amazing feeling, let me tell you. I, I had to get rid of it because it was just, it felt too good. It was just incredible. Yeah. Last question. The show kicks off with the SHW champ. Mm-hmm. You're on headset with Brandon. Yeah. When did you realize, oh my God, this is really happening? Um, I, I think in the middle of uh, us talking through the intro when the crowd was so loud that I couldn't hear myself or Brandon, um, that was a big moment. Uh, it felt it felt very Saturday night's main event-ish to me, um, which was a good thing. It, it reminded me a lot of uh, the old WCW days, you know, when they would start the match with the announcers right there. Uh, even like World Class and AWA, it just felt oh yeah so good. Um, to do and then to have some of the interactions uh, on air with some of the talent you know uh, in the first match Logan Chase who's one of the big uh, managers there he gets on and he says and who are you you know and I'm the new guy you know and yeah you, you got a little heat G yeah you got a little, a little heat. I got some got some heat from some of those calls as well so uh, it, is, well, it is just exciting man I, I can't I can't express. I posted last night on on Facebook that I'm just excited, and I didn't put any reason why. But you know, thinking about what all of this means, and um, you know, many of you know obviously how much we love pro wrestling here. We started the faction because of it, and um, to see how all of these things have worked out. You know, in my wildest dreams, I always wanted to be part of a wrestling organization, but never knew the path to it. Um, and to see how all of this has worked out to where now the faction is a co-sponsor of the SHW pre-show. And, you know, you know, we are so involved in what's happening with Southern Honor. And, you know, whether you have the SHW experience or all the other things that are happening, it is an incredible moment in time. And, and I just don't take it for granted. You know, I love it. I'm excited about it. And uh, I don't know that I'll ever stop being excited about this because this is a lifelong dream. So I'm yeah. grateful. 
Well, you're definitely doing it. Shout out Southern Honor Wrestling, who has their Southern Invitational Cup coming up. Mm -hmm. That is not the only cup running over, though. There's other cups happening. Well, NWA Pro-H got a cup. Yeah, and NWA has announced, of course, that the Crockett Cup will be the next big uh, pay-per-view that's happening in April. We will know. I wish they could see my dance, my Crockett Cup dance. <laughs> it's a pretty significant dance, too. Um, next week, we will know the uh, date and location for where this is going to go down. But one thing we know for sure, it will be headlined by the main event of uh, the NWA Championship on the line is Nick Aldis will take on Marty Skrull. They've kind of come to some terms of an agreement, and it's pretty heavy. If Marty Skrull wins, Marty Skrull wins the NWA Championship. Of course, he is an ROH-contracted wrestler. If Nick Aldis successfully defends the title, Marty Skrull will cut him a check for half a million dollars. This is about as high money stakes as we've seen with Ring of Honor uh, and the NWA. And again, this is going down in April. The lead up to it is pretty incredible, man. What are your thoughts on this big, big situation uh, for the Crockett Cup? Uh, Jeff and Matt, scoot over and make room. I'm coming to Concord. <laughs> yes. I am coming to Concord, North Carolina. Mm -hmm. This is a great match. Let me tell you something. We're talking about XFL doing it smart with NFL. Mm -hmm. I believe AEW has smartened up over the last few weeks in their in in, in, in what they've been doing. They've been really beating NXT every week. We'll get there. Mm -hmm. You know who's been unbothered? The NWA. NWA power. I agree. I Just agree. unbothered, slowly building something, small arena, mm -hmm. basically a television studio. And with Nick Aldis as champion, Marty Skrull, who uh, shocked the world. Yeah. We all thought we'd see the umbrella show up in AEW. Mm -hmm. But here he is, ROH. They said they gave him a great deal. Yes. And he's telling him, if I don't beat you, I'm giving you half a million dollars. Dollars, mm -hmm. sir. This is going to be a great match. I'm actually excited about it. I love what's happening over at Power. I love how they've got a little faction going on over there. Mm -hmm. I love that guys can go. The older wrestlers can do well in Power. Yes, yes. Because of the venue, older they, they make me care about the Rock and Roll Express. Yeah, that's incredible. And they. It's, they survived Jimmy Cornette. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we, we, we should talk a little bit about that because the Jim Cornette situation was the first real scandal to hit the NWA. And uh, really the first significantly racial situation we've seen in wrestling since the Hulk Hogan situation. And um, we knew how quickly WWE handled that. The NWA certainly moved very fast on uh, the Jim Cornette situation, but there was a big difference, of course, between uh, Hulk Hogan and Jim Cornette situation. Hogan's situation was said outside of wrestling. Uh, Jim Cornette's situation was said on a wrestling broadcast that should have been edited out by the NWA. But what, yeah. but what the NWA did, which I thought was significant, is exactly your point. They remained unbothered. They handled it, and then they left it alone. 
Like they didn't spend weeks trying to remind you, oh, this is what Jim, Jim Cornette did. And we no, they issued their apology and they moved on. And ironically, none of it ever hit television. That's what's impressive. And they kept providing great action. They kept giving us great pay-per-views. They brought back the TV title. They've uh, you know done some cool things with the women's championships. They have enough stories being told in the NWA. Uh, they replaced him with a great commentator in Stu Bennett. Um, we don't miss Jim Cornette in the NWA. They have taught us how to recover from a scandal and recover well. Shout out to the NWA. Shout out to them. Uh, you, you know, I I, I, I publicly uh, chided them with some of how they handled Cornette mm-hmm. because I felt like 90% of it landed on Corny, but the 10% landed on them and them not catching it in post-edit. Sure. But I think they've done a great job. And listen, I, maybe I'm two-faced. I still listen to Cornette every day in the gym. <laughs> I think he's entertaining. Corny said the other day, if it was raining soup, he'd be outside with a fork. You can't make this stuff up. You can't make this stuff up. He said, he said, and I'm not trying to give a give, man. I'm not trying to, you know, show this podcast a lot of love. He said, I started this low-carb, low-sugar diet because I refuse to be outlived by Vince Russo. And for those of you who don't know, Cornette says that when Vince Russo dies, he's going to be there to pee on his grave. And I think he's absolutely going to do that. Uh- <laughs> do you really? Wait a minute. You think he's going to do it for real? Oh, my God, yes. Oh my God! Yes, yeah. The, the, he said. He said Hulk Hogan may be a household name, but so is garbage. <laughs> Jim, Jim Cornette is really a one of a kind situation, and um, you know, it's one of those things that obviously a lot of us have great connections to him because of our childhood, and uh, you know, he was just the annoying guy that, well, that was talking. Go ahead. He's he like Bruce Pritchard are honestly one of the last that we know of the walking, talking, wrestling almanacs. This is true. Jim Cornette is a, he's a wrestling almanac. Yeah, yeah. Many guys after Jim did wrestling and something else. Jim Cornette lives for everything attached to wrestling. Yeah. And that's what makes him still so valuable, that there are stories locked up on the inside of him that we haven't heard yet. Yeah, it's pretty impressive to say the least. And as I mentioned, he, he's reminding us of our childhood and things. Well, another great reminder of our childhood came in the form of the NWA with their hiring of former WWE broadcaster Sean Mooney. Sean Mooney, part of the NWA, and he's doing in the NWA what he did in the WWE. Those super cool news segments that he would do in his Sean Mooney way, um, which I thought was absolutely incredible. What a great addition to add, again, more credence to the NWA. But I do want to talk about a commercial that aired on NWA Power last night that I did not expect to see, and I have not done a good job of checking to see what the internet wrestling community would say about it. But, you know, a lot of the commercials that have come on NWA have been a bit tongue-in-cheek, you know, for a Tony Fox wrestling school or Austin Idol's wrestling school. Well, last night, they aired a commercial from Nikita Koloff. And the commercial for Nikita Koloff was not necessarily for pro wrestling but it was for Nikita Koloff to have evangelistic opportunities it literally was Nikita Koloff saying the best thing I've done 
after leaving pro wrestling was leading people to Jesus Christ. And if you'd like for me to come to your city, here's how you can book me. And and I thought to myself, does the NWA just accept whoever's money will pay for a commercial? Or are they deeply committed to these messages that they're sending out without worry of what anybody will say? I want to ask you this. Was it appropriate for the NWA to air such a blaring commercial promoting Christianity? I know some people will say, I can't believe you're asking that, aren't you? No, I'm asking this in the context of pro wrestling, understanding that there is a wide audience out there and religion is one of the things that one rarely talks about in the context of pro wrestling. Was the NWA correct and fair and right in airing this uh, blatantly Christian commercial from Nikita Koloff? Absolutely. Okay. I'll tell you what, GB. NWA has made no uh, uh, hints about the fact that they are really okay with transporting me back to 1980. Okay. So when I watch it, I'm mentally transported back to a time in America where so much was going wrong, but there was also so much going right. One of the things that was there in America at that time was most of the country was Christian. Most of the country practiced a Christian faith. And it's also very, uh, very uh, upfront. The NWA power is wrestling. Mm -hmm. It's very Southern. Mm -hmm. They're not attempting to be Northern at all. They're okay with it being uh, Meemaw and Mama and Pawpaw on the Friday nights going to see wrestling. Mm -hmm. And Meemaw's gonna get excited and try to get in the ring because you're wearing uh, Nick Aldis out and she loves Nick Aldis because Nick Aldis was signing autographs in front of the local B-Lo and Piggly Wiggly. <laughs> so they throw back. We're sitting in 2020, but when I watch NWA Power, man, I'm a kid sitting around in my long johns mm-hmm. at 1806 Andrews Boulevard, Hampton, Virginia, watching wrestling. So I'm okay with Nikita. Uh, doing that Nikita Tully Ivan those guys have been very loud about their faith Mm -hmm. and I think if you can pay for it get it done yeah it's Koloff for Christ Ministries and uh, very interesting I don't know about that name yeah, well, but we'll let it live. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's pretty blatant. It, it it is very blatant. Like there's not a there's no sort of uh, 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 hiding behind that at all. So uh, he's not trying to trying to win souls. Well, and and there it is. There it is. So uh, shout out to him. Uh, you asked what the wrestling community thought. Mm-hmm. Here we go. One guy wrote on uh, on what I, I, I shouldn't say the wrestling group, uh, but it's not Suplex City. Uh, he said, I did not enjoy Nikita Koloff with this Christ campaign segment. We don't need preaching in our entertainment to each their own, but it was really awkward. And I'd rather have a comedy commercial than have a religious commercial. Mm-hmm. Uh, a guy commented and said, you're blankety right. I didn't see that episode yet. And another guy said, well, same guy also said, I hope they do more funny. Now, we don't know if this is isolated, and I don't want to be giving a microphone to the one guy who didn't like it. But there is, we see a little bit of a small 1% backlash. Yeah, you know, my my thought is this, and, um, you know, the the challenge that I see with this is, um, 
it opens the door obviously for all religions to be able to do such a thing and my thought process is i don't necessarily know that pro wrestling is the forum for that but the flip side to me is this if you've got and and this is a, a more of a business decision than anything else if you've got the money and you can pay for the space a lot of people will air the content regardless of what it is and so there there actually ends up coming a point where as a business owner you have to ask yourself okay um does this whatever the content is line up with whatever message i want to be able to send there's no hard fast rule that says you have to agree with whoever is uh advertising on your space um you know because i'm sure it was a paid advertisement so i don't i don't know the right answer to this i just think it's interesting and you know depending upon where the nwa stood obviously you need um you need people paying for commercials they're not getting you know mainstream advertise advertising buys and i know christians will feel like oh this is great but you have to remember that um there are other obviously religions who believe other things that perhaps should have the right to to do that and there's this unspoken rule when there's an advertisement that comes on during any program that it is somehow associated with uh that program that's allowing the advertisement on right so you know nobody looks at an advertisement and goes oh wow uh that's a, a commercial as much as they go, well, that was a commercial during this particular broadcast. For instance, people know, okay, commercials that aired during the Super Bowl, they're Super Bowl commercials. That's what they call them, you know? Um, yeah. And there is a thought that in some way the Super Bowl is cool with whatever said product or said content is. So I don't know if the – I think it's uncharted territory for the NWA and I don't know if it's a good practice or not time will certainly tell um, but yeah I, I, yeah I, yeah I don't see AEW or NWA <laughs> doing anything or excuse me or WWE doing anything close to that at all all right we're gonna take a break when we come back we're gonna dive into some huge news from New Japan Pro Wrestling I can't wait to share this news because this is gonna be amazing so New Japan Pro Wrestling news we're gonna get into the uh, raw recap we're gonna uh, preview NXT TakeOver Portland and has AEW influenced Monday Night Raw we'll talk about that but uh, let's go to some music speaking of Monday Night Raw here's our theme song coming from Skillet it's called Legendary it's the faction powered by Bonnerfied Radio. I got a lot left in the tank. What's up, guys? This is Mark here, the world's strongest man, and you're tuned in to the faction.
We got something to say. Listen. Would you like to take your business or service to the next level? Yeah. Consider adding Bonafide Radio to your marketing plan. I can't wait. We will gladly share your product with our listeners in a creative, efficient, affordable, and professional manner. This is so gnarly. For more information, scroll to the bottom of our website and click advertise uh-huh. or email us directly at sales at getbonafide.com. I know you're going to dig this. We are the faction. One, two, three. Yo, it's not a faction without the facts, son. Hey, welcome back to the faction that was legendary by Skillet. Skillet's been holding it down for years, GB. They have. They really, really Giving have. Giving us great music. And I'm so, GB, here we go. It's the last one. All Let's right. kick it. All right. So there's some super big news to share uh, from our friends at New Japan Pro Wrestling. As we know, um, late last year, they launched New Japan Pro Wrestling of America. Uh, they just finished their big New Beginning Tour here in the United States, which capped off here in Atlanta, and it featured their tag team title match uh, where we had a tag team title change, Gorillas of Destiny becoming six-time champions. And now they have announced, my God, that they are returning to Madison Square Garden. It's happening August the 22nd for an event that they are calling Wrestle Dynasty. So you had Wrestle Kingdom, of course, uh, earlier this year. Wrestle Dynasty is coming to Madison Square Garden. And not that anybody is keeping notes, but it's happening the same weekend as SummerSlam. Coincidental? Maybe Maybe not. And as more news comes out about who will be on this card, there are a couple of things we can tell you. That the current IWGP US champion, uh, John Moxley, and the AEW champion, Chris Jericho, will not be a part of this event. Part of their deal is that uh, they can perform for New Japan while in Japan, but while in America, they are exclusive to AEW. So I want to ask you this question. Of course, we know that uh, the uh, big event that they had, the G1 Supercard last year, sold out in a matter of minutes, which shocked the world. Do you think we'll get a sellout in Madison Square Garden for strictly New Japan for their big Wrestle Dynasty card coming on August the 22nd? Yeah, they'll, they'll sell out. Here, here it is. Wrestling fans right now today live just to screw Vince. So they they do. So they will help them sell out Madison Square Garden just to help New Japan say they did. Uh, And I think on a marketing side, New Japan will figure out really and honestly how to market it. I think they can actually do this without Moxley. Uh, Here's the reason why, because Moxley hasn't had the run in AEW we thought he'd have. So it's a little slower of a run. Uh, you, you know, in, in all honesty, you know, he started out with Kenny and now he's with Chris. And I figured that by now, maybe he'd have a title or something. Well, he's fighting he's, for the title at the end of the month. He, he he is. But I'm saying up until now, I think that he I thought he would have made a bigger splash. I don't see where Moxley is going to help them sell seats in Madison. I think that they have enough on their own to do it. Now, the, I, I think them doing it on, you said SummerSlam weekend? Yes, it's August the 22nd. Now, SummerSlam, Summer- of course, is not in New York, so. 
Right, of course. Mm-hmm. But I think it's a ballsy move, and we can say that on this show. Sure. You know, they just got a new TV deal, so they're really maxing it out. Dave Meltzer's the one who broke the story, so we don't know what else Dave knows. Uh, Dave is all things screw it to Vince. Mm-hmm. So we're going to see how this plays out, but I definitely think that they are going to uh, sell it out. And I think already uh, they are. They have Kenta and Tatsuya Naido, uh, uh, Naido on the card. Yeah, I, I don't know that they've announced the card yet, um, but I definitely think this. I You know... One of the things that we can say is, knowing what we knew about the G1 Supercard, that it was New Japan that sold that card out anyway, because people thought about, you know, Kenny, the Bucks, Cody, that was all New Japan. Um, New Japan certainly dominated the G1 Supercard from a production standpoint and from a content standpoint. I love the fact that they are finally confident enough in what they do here in America to go after Madison Square Garden and to do it apart from WrestleMania weekend. I don't think people credit that enough because with WrestleMania weekend, you knew you were going to have 100,000 wrestling fans in who would want to see an alternate show. But to do this on the strength of, you know, your own brand, I want to see them sell out because I think it's going to be good for pro wrestling that they do. And here's what we know about New Japan. New Japan does not disappoint. You're right. I don't think they need Chris Jericho or John Moxley to make this a good show, um, particularly since people here in the States, and that's one of the big differences. In the States, people automatically associate those two with AEW. In Japan, they just associate them with America. There's a big difference there. Um, And so I think New Japan is going to do all that they need to do to make this card amazingly exciting. And let's just face it, um, everybody's not going to SummerSlam. There's enough of a wrestling community to be able to go to this event in New York and make it pop. I'm actually considering it. So, uh, listen, that'd be amazing. There will be those who show up in New York just for this and GB. It would not shock me to see you there. No, you know how I feel about Madison Square Garden. And so uh, to be there for a New Japan event uh, could seem sacrilegious to some, but it is absolutely a pro wrestling venue that is worth being at. Here's what I'm going to tell you. If you love good quality wrestling, they're going to put on for your homie. Absolutely. And I'm, 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 gee, I'm seeing it more that the top of the card is Kenta and Naito. Naito, Brandon Clark's boy. I wouldn't be surprised by that. Remember, Tetsuya Naito is still the double champion there. Um, and to see Kenta really kind of make his mark and make his step um, to do that, that's a big deal. They, you know, The fact that they're calling this Wrestle Dynasty in the same font as Wrestle Kingdom, it's telling you how big of a card this is going to be. And so you they, know what they, they want. It. They want it. They want it. So... Uh, shout they out to Japan, um, which is doing some big things. So let's talk a little bit about uh, AEW. AEW Dynamite uh, had a really big show last week. Really? Three weeks in a row, man. Oh. Three weeks in a row. Just amazing shows. Yeah. And, and what, what we don't do because the show is, you know, because our show here is here on a Wednesday. You know, we're, we're so busy talking about what's next that we don't get a chance to talk about what happened previously. But I think AE Dyna, AEW Dynamite deserves uh, some time here on the show. So I want to get your thoughts on the standout moments from uh, last week's episode of AEW Dynamite. Uh, to watch Cody mm. 
be hit with that strap. Yeah. You felt the emotion mm-hmm. of the moment mm-hmm. of a man who wanted to quit. But you really saw a community say, you got this. Double yeah. yeah. A, older brother who has been very public that he's had his bouts with a wife, friends. If AEW isn't even around in five years, we're all going to remember Cody. He has gotten a scar over his face that he'll have for life. Mm-hmm. He has straps on his back. Mm-hmm. He beat his brother to a pulp. Mm-hmm. AEW got me mostly invested last week. Yes. yes. MJF can take the last letter and off. Mm-hmm. 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 I want to see him toast. Mm-hmm. I want to see him get his. Yeah. If they were looking for a hill that we can dislike and we can hate, they found it in MJF. Absolutely. He is the cynical Miz. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He is the little brother of the Miz. Mm-hmm. The Miz is the older brother. Who got everything first? Yeah. The Miz is the younger brother who wasn't as gifted. Mm. So MJF, oh, a fan's going to attack you. Oh, yeah. A fan's going to try to lay you out. Mm-hmm. And we feel like you deserve it. You know, it's so funny that you said that because I really felt like, you know, I've been watching Dynamite every week. Um, my practice is I usually watch NXT live and then I watch uh, uh, Dynamite on demand sometimes right after uh, or maybe the next day or whatever. And I remember watching this and I just said to myself, okay, for the three, almost four months that Dynamite has been on, you know, you watch it first, you know, and they try to wow you with uh, their flips and moves and, you know, that type of stuff. But this week... This past week, the storytelling was just, uh, it's a moment these days when you can get the smart fans outside of what they think is happening and vested in this story. And you forget. That was, a, that was a fan who ran up on him last week. Well, I actually heard that because people were wondering, was it a fan or was it a contracted wrestler? I've heard it was a contracted wrestler, but I did hear that that was certainly unplanned. Um, I, I will say this. What happened last week um was something that a lot of the re- the wrestling community has been talking about, and I'll say this: AEW has found. Um, I'll say this: in watching AEW last week, I felt like, you know, Clack talks about the Attitude Era, etc. I felt that feeling that you had during the Attitude Era, that feeling that anything yeah. could happen, the feeling that I'm invested in every segment that you're showing. Um, the feeling that I want to see what's going to happen next with each of these athletes, with each of these stories. Um, yeah, it, it got me really vested in this whole thing. From, yeah. from, from um, Moxley jabbing dude in the eye with the key to... With a key? Yeah. Like, it was... It well, was shout out. Shout out Ford. I don't know how much you paid. Right. 
Right. That was good. Good placement. That was quality. Good placement. You know, like, Tony Khan, I see your business skills. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's it's all of these things, the things that are happening with the tag titles, the things that are happening with, you know, this idea that, uh, and I love this, Kenny Omega being threatened by Pac when Pac goes after Rio, understanding the relationship between Rio, and it's like, okay, we know Pac is crazy enough to hit Rio, is he gonna do it? He says no, but I know somebody who will, and then Nyla Rose comes and power bombs. I mean, like, it's just the storytell. It all is one of those things that you can't predict. It's, it's why we love wrestling. Listen, they they uh twice I'm giving Jim Cornette uh his name wow. here, but Corny referred to it last week as the promotion that's just getting all their friends' jobs. I disagree with Corny. Yeah, they're telling a beautiful story. Yeah, yeah. If you you have to watch it longer than ten minutes, right? Watch the totality of their show. It is quality wrestling. Yeah. They're finally. I think the commentators are still figuring it out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But what we're getting in stories, we're finally seeing enough of the elite that that quenches our thirst. Right. You know, they first started by not trying to overbook themselves. Mm-hmm. Fellas, book yourselves. You're the best. We we believe you're the best. Show us. And so now we're really getting something powerful. Yeah. GB, this is exciting. I'm not going to say a bad thing about AEW this week. No, I, I I'm totally impressed by what AEW is doing and this is the right kind of lead up that you want into the big cage match that's going to happen here in Atlanta next week into Revolution that's coming uh, it's it's a very significant time so with that said um, let's get that Raw recap and then I want to ask about the influence of AEW on Monday Night Raw but uh, here's the Raw recap for you for me WWE Raw was live from Toyota Arena, Ontario, California. That's right, live on the West Coast doing as only they can do. Things kicked off when Kevin Owens, Samoa Joe, and the Viking Raiders confronted Raw Tag Team Champion Seth Rollins, who calls himself the Messiah. Sound a little attitude-ish with that. Mm-hmm. Murphy and AOP, Raw Women's Champion Becky Lynch and defeated Oscar, but when I tell you, fight forever. Mm. And then Shayna Baszler attacked Becky after the match. The Street Profits defeated Mojo Raleigh and Riddick Moss. Moss defeated Raleigh to become the new 24-7 champion. Drew McIntyre threw down with MVP on the VIP lounge. Angel Garza defeated Cedric Alexander. NXT Women's Champion Rhea Ripley defeated Sarah Logan. Ricochet! Defeated Bobby Lashley in the brother-on-brother match. Mm-hmm. Randy Orton attacked Matt Hardy. Aleister Black defeated Akira Tozawa. And Raw Tag Team Champions Seth Rollins and Murphy and AOP defeated Kevin Owens, Samoa Joe, and the Viking Raiders. GB, what did you think about Raw? I'm going to say something I have not said in many, 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 many weeks. I actually enjoyed Monday Night Raw. Um... I felt like, and this is kind of my question about AEW, I felt like Raw was heavily influenced by AEW. And I'll tell you the spots where I felt like it. First of all, the barbaric nature of what Shayna Baszler did to Becky Lynch. Like, I've watched it multiple times trying to figure out how they did it, and I don't know. Because where she bit her, and I mean, she took a significant bite out of her to come up dripping blood. I was like, that is yeah. barbaric. 
barbaric. That is crazy. Yeah. That is, and yeah. I'll tell you this. You needed something like that to get us vested in Becky Lynch because at this point, Becky has pretty much beaten everybody on the roster. There are no other fights for her to have. There's nothing of interest. But you do something barbaric like this, yeah, you have my attention. And one of the reasons why I say AEW is influencing because I think about what happened with John Moxley, whether it was a shot to his eye or the shot that Moxley had to um, one of the other guy's eyes. They are going into these places that we've not seen them go before. You know, uh, Randy Orton, um, again, with the chair shot to Matt Hardy, Matt Hardy coming out and telling his story, um, you know, all of these moves. And then the production move of showing, you know, uh, what's happening on Raw during the commercials. It's the same thing that Dynamite's yeah. doing, you know, dude, I- I'm going to go back and say it when he said change the landscape. He knew something we didn't know. Yeah, but but he I'll, knew. He said, "With listen, Cody and I, and I hate to bring him up in a WWE segment, but finally on Monday we got the Raw. We feel like we deserved for over a year. Yeah, it was intentional. Well, it was a story. I'm gonna also say this though. I wonder because you do remember, of course, it's been about a week or so since that big uh, corporate shakeup." In WWE and Vince talked about a change in direction Um, and so now it makes me wonder uh, was part of all of this untying some hands and freeing some people to give us some moments and matches that we've wanted to see Um, well I wonder if the top was keeping them from being if they were making them stay more PG right we know from, from from the top down, right? And Vince has been wanting an edgier thing, but I also am aware that there's a huge chance that Vince wasn't at taping because he's he's probably in XFL. meetings for XFL. Mm-hmm. So there are so many moving components right. that we can only tell by watching next week if it carries over in a neat way, right? Or shoot, even tonight, because to me, my thought is, does Becky show up on NXT oh. tonight looking for Shayna Baszler? Tonight's going to be a... Fr- Let me tell you something, guys. Get your thumb ready, and I hope you're ambidextrous on this remote mm-hmm. because it's about to feel like 1996-97 Monday yeah. nights yeah. because you're going to go back. Do you understand what Cody's going to do tonight to MJF? Do you understand what Le Champion is going to try to do to Moxley tonight? And then on WWE, we got NXT where Becky two belts, who's down to one belt, will show up. And if she shows up, Oscar may come back to her own stomping grounds. Jesus, it's going to be crazy. And let's not forget the return last week of the Velveteen Dream who shocked the world. This, this is the thing that's amazing right now. There's so much great wrestling that's happening that you that really Raw and SmackDown have to keep up with NXT and AEW and New Japan and NWA because there are so many options for us and so many other stories that are being told right now that we're not locked into having to tune into Fox or to USA. And Charlotte ain't afraid to show up in Orlando. Well, I'll tell you this, Charlotte I, I personally think that Charlotte's move with NXT is strategic. Um, you know, and I don't know who's planning it, but I'll say this. Obviously, we don't want to see another Charlotte Becky. We've seen that for years, but a Charlotte Rhea Ripley or a Charlotte 
Rhea Ripley, Bianca Belair. Like, listen, all of that sounds very, very appealing to me. Remember I said it here. Charlotte goes back to NXT, wins the belt, carries it, but drops it at WrestleMania. I mean, I'm sorry, carries it and drops it after WrestleMania, takes time off, moves to Orlando to help train girls at the Performance Center because she's an expecting mother. Whoa. You, are you trying to say El Idolo is... Uh... I, I I I think that uh that that Charlotte would love nothing more than to be a mother in this season. Wow. Remember I said it here first. Wow. Man, you you like Clacker dropping these just bombs on us and Clyde dropped a major bomb last he, week and he, then moved to London. He dropped an insane bomb last week. And uh, I'll tell you what, there's a part of me that wants to go over the NXT uh, TakeOver Portland card, but I don't know that we have a whole lot of time to do it. Um, and so I'll say I, I definitely want to do it, but uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll just be smart with time. But um, certainly NXT TakeOver Portland is going to be huge this weekend. Um, of course, uh, Rhea Ripley versus Bianca Belair for the NXT Women's Championship. Of course, you've got the uh, NXT Men's Championship on the line with Tommaso Ciampa uh, against uh, the champion. Or I won't call him La Champion because he's not. But Adam Cole. Um, it, it's a and, and wait. But before I even go there, can we shout out NXT? And uh, the fact that they are celebrating Black History Month in such a major yeah. way. Yeah, great job on that. Oh, Heck yeah, that's man. They are doing it and doing it well. And what I love is, you know, certainly you can talk about history, but they are making history in NXT with all of the amazing African-American male and female stars that are there uh, at NXT. Shout out to them. It, oh, it just feels so good. And we, 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 we didn't give this enough emphasis, GB. Becky and Oscar killed him. Oh, they did. On they Monday really, night. They really they killed, did. They killed him. They did. Match it, of the night. Definitely, without question. And again, it's the kind of wrestling we want to see when we turn on Monday Night Raw. So whether it was the firing of those presidents, Vince being with the XFL, AEW, all of the above, thank you. And let's do it again. Uh, let it transfer into SmackDown. And uh, let's see it some more because whether you like it or not, it is WrestleMania season. And uh, WWE, Raw, and SmackDown have to pick it up. So, as we mentioned, well, this, go ahead. This Portland card's no slouch. No, it is not. And it's going to be special. Uh, of course, it's the first time NXT TakeOver is airing on a Sunday. So uh, that's special in and of itself. And look out for that this Sunday at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific on the WWE Network. We're going to get out of here. Um, I hope you guys have enjoyed today's show. It's been all kinds of fun bringing it out here to you. Um, and remember, well, I'll tell you that part later. Here's how you can reach out to us by way of social media. Courtney. Hey, Instagram, I am Courtney Beard at C Major Beard on Twitter. Courtney Beard on Facebook. And also Wilder Fury 2. We don't talk boxing, oh, yeah. but it's going to be a crazy weekend. Yeah. We have Wilder Fury 2 and weekend, NXT. Though. That's next That's weekend. That's this weekend. No, 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 no. It's 
Fury is, is February, Fe- Fury is February 22nd. It's next Saturday. Oh, we got Saturday. We should cover it next week. Yeah, we, we should cover it because there's there's a lot of a uh, connection, of course, to pro wrestling on that. So uh, we'll talk about Wilder Fury Part 2 next week. But uh, certainly, and by the way, if you're not doing it, make sure you're following Courtney. He's got some great content, like real talk. Great, great content. So you make sure you guys are following him to check that out. And of course, you can follow me at Bonnerfied. You can follow us at The Faction Show for all sorts of cool things. And again, for Southern Honor Wrestling, make sure you're following us on Instagram and Facebook uh, at Southern Honor Wrestling on Twitter at SH Honor, excuse me, at S Honor Wrestling. And uh, again, independentwrestling.tv is where you can check us out. Uh, the SHW code is what you can use for five free days. And uh, I want to hear your thoughts on SHW 17. It was nuts. Oh, my gosh. I can't wait uh, for you guys to check it out. So until next time, it's Courtney, it's Clack, it's GB, and we are the faction. 